show is brought to you by Coocullen Sportswear. Check out their website for great deals on teamwear on www.coocullensportswear.com or the Coocullen Sportswear Facebook page. Hello and you're welcome to the Backdoor Football Show. Um, very welcome today now. First provincial final done and I suppose we'll get started with that. Mayo scrape over the line against Galway. 14 points to 13. But Danny, I know you're a big fan of Shane Walsh and what a performance he put in today. Well, I said that he was going to be, you know, he carried Galway. Um, I only got bits and pieces of it because I was watching the down match uh, down in Cavan, which I'm sure will unfortunately have to come to at some stage. But, um, but no, listen, for me, Walsh is the best player at the minute in Ireland, if, if not... You know, he's certainly in the top three three players for me. Um, a man that can kick off both feet, solo both feet. Uh, he just is an incredible, incredible player. Um, and, you know, the fundamentals of Gaelic football are can you kick with both feet, can you hand pass both feet, catching, kicking, all those type of things, the ability to run and go past the man. And Shane Walsh is that in his, in his locker. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad for him that he gets the rewards and albeit they don't get they don't get uh, any further Galway but Shane Walsh certainly for the next 10 years will be for me being nominated for an all-star you know and uh, the fact that they haven't went any further shouldn't negate the possibility that he might pick up one you know um, so yeah and Mayo early on um, the Killian O'Connor goal chance um, he does quite poor, really, Johnny. He has to be finishing that goal, you think? Yeah, uh, that's look. Listen, Killian Connor. Um, for me, look, look, listen. He is, he, he is, he's a quality forward. But I think it's it, like, would you have him up there in terms of you know Shane watching that? I think it's just a, his consistency in, in, in from play is what he, he lacks. You know, in my opinion, he's very good from dead ball. I just think, you know. When you have the opportunity that arises, he needs to be clinical. And I think that there's there's been uh, different occasions over the course of the years where he misses that kind of clinical, being that clinical, you know. Um, and uh, but like uh, the thing is, the shot efficiency from from Mayo again today in the first half, you know, they're like they're not going to get away with that against Donegal or Dublin, um, you know. So uh, I just they need to be more clinical, and that was the same the last day against Roscommon as well. So. You know when these when these uh, opportunities arise, they, they need to be clinical in order to put teams to bed. You know that goal that went in, they probably would have kicked on a little bit, um, probably a little bit further ahead of Galway. But yeah, those opportunities need to be seized on. You know. And Danny, like when we were previewing the game, we said midfield is a place you can still get at Mayo. I know Matthew Ryan had a man of the match performance. He ran up and down the pitch, but they're really struggling at midfield when a full court press goes on them. And winning that primary possession of the ball, man. Yeah, well, I, I'm. Uh, I suppose for me, going into the match, I actually thought Mayo would be more comfortable uh, than one point. I think the Mayo, the way they played, um, even against Roscommon, yes, the the missed chances they could have made it a lot easier for them. But Roscommon are no bad team. Roscommon, you know, in the league, they they won the division two and deservedly so. They were playing some really good football. Um, but Mayo, for me, like going into the day on the back of Galway, having no games on the back of Galway, taking a couple of trouncings and bad defeats uh, in the latter stages of, of the National League, uh, I'm surprised that Mayo were run so close. And again, that puts the question mark there, the big question mark. Do Mayo have it? in the stomach when it comes to it at the very, very end to be that nasty clinical side, as as Johnny said, putting away in goal chances, drubbing a team like Galway. You know, it, it, the question is asked of this Mayo side all the time and it keeps coming up year in, year out. They can produce wonderful performances when people don't expect it. When people expect it, then unfortunately, there's still questions to be answered. So, um, yes, the one iconic title, Maybe it was important that they've done that because they haven't done it since 2015. Maybe it is important just to get over the line and win silverware. Um, but Cork, uh, it'll be Cork Day playing the semi-final. 
Yeah, so that'll be another question that Mayo will have to be asked. Would I see Mayo as favourites going into a Cork Tipperary tie? Of course I would, but then again, Mayo don't exactly wear the favourite tie particularly well. So um, the question marks will be there. The fact is they're in the semi-final of an All-Ireland. So, you know, questions have been asked in the past of Mayo, and Mayo have answered them in fairness to him in some respect. But when it comes down to the crunch, as Johnny says, are they clinical enough? Are they, you know, will they put the foot in the neck? And for me, that question mark still remains. Yeah, and Danny talks there about the first provincial title since 2015. But how big is it for, I suppose, the youngsters now within the Mayo squad, Tommy Conroy, Owen McLaughlin and all these lads winning a provincial title, Johnny? Yeah, well, look, they're going to, they will grow confidence with getting that, you know, getting the, the, the and being, I suppose, being a part of that first kind of title uh, win in five years and that they were a part of it and it was no longer the the old guard so to speak so look they will carry that, that conference going in into uh the semi-final i'd be interested to see like uh, I'm, uh, the semi-finals the i presume they'll all be in crow park uh, and i'd be interested to see what how they're gonna be in kroger you know what i mean because Look, Crow Park plays like, uh, you know, as well, a sod on, on a dry day in summer in terms of how solid it is. So maybe was that one of the reasons why Leash got kind of caught today? Dublin were used to playing Croker so much. I think the speed of Dublin today, you're just wondering in what way that it would pan out, you know. Um, but definitely the the pace and the ability of, of some, of the, some of the new lads from Mayo, look, a breath of fresh air. And what what is needed, in my opinion, you know, and uh, they will, they will um, definitely will cause problems, you know, uh, and grow in confidence from, from from today. You know, and going at stages early on, I suppose it was a very different approach we've seen with Boyd Joyce and uh, Johnny when he first came in. It was all out of attack. Were you very surprised about the way Galway set up today, Johnny? No, I I think it was I think I think I know what Paul was trying to do. Um, I'd say the fact of the fact that it was as Danny alluded to there the lack of game time between now our uh, you know, championship to, to Mayo two uh, championship matches under the belts I say he didn't want to get caught like he did in the, in the last league match he played against Mayo so I say he went on the side of caution um, you know because he's, what he's trying to do there he's fourth season in he didn't want to be exposed and be opened up within the first 20 minutes and be chasing the game so like he's what he did was, in my opinion, was, was good management trying to trying to contain Mayo because Mayo, ha, you know, um, if you let them to build up any sort of lead, it's very hard to tag them back because they're confident side. So I I thought he what he did there was was, was smart in terms of trying to keep the score low, trying to contain it, you know, uh, soak up the energy energy or so, uh, save the energy levels for the second half if you get me. So. I think he knew that with the lads being, well, wouldn't be as sharp as Mayo. I thought it was just, just smart management, in my opinion, you know. Um, but it was no surprise to me that if, if, if I was involved, let's say I would have looked, looked, would have done something similar as well, because you know they would have been sharper, had a couple of games with the belts, and he didn't want to get get them game momentum. So yeah, look, be a little bit difficult to start, try and slow them down, be a little bit more defensive, and then look, uh, I'd say what he felt the second half, then they would probably. Be a bit more offensive and like try and suck the life out of Mayo and would have probably felt that you know with them playing I think four week four weekends in the bounce Mayo maybe they could have been a little bit more fresher in the second half or you know maybe fresher legs compared to Mayo's tired legs you know yeah and Mayo were 14 11 up and 60 minutes and we're controlling the game Danny but like the point you make there about knowing when to team finish teams off and. Um, they were completely dominant, controlled the game, but yet that game could have easily went to extra time. So I suppose what Mayo will be working on now is really when they're on top, they have to put teams away because like against a quality opposition, you won't get away with that. No, and, and James Horn will be, I'd say he'll be relieved. Of course, he'll be relieved that the the, the, the one, the, the title back this year. They've always had a bit of a hoodoo over them this last couple of years. So again, they'd be glad to get that out of the way and that conversation out of the way now. And for players as well, it'll be important to to just get back that. I suppose how would you say it? 
uh, I, I would think it's getting back into the way of winning things and being able to win a final, which is very, very important. Something that I never experienced to come against us probably in 2010, where we didn't have that experience of winning a provincial final. And I think that's still very, very important for teams that's, that are looking to get over the line for, you know, uh, you could say, you know, it's won in a, a, in a long number of years before <laughs> since Mayo's done it. So Joyce will be... Joyce came in really as a purist manager. The, uh, you know, the stuff that was thrown at Galway in the past has been Kevin Walsh's manager and Paddy Talley's where it's been very defensive, it's been very pragmatic and they've definitely played on the counter-attack. I think Joyce in the early part of the league figured out, right, well, I'm going to do it in purist Galway terms and he's learned in the last two National League games that you know, the, the landscape of football has changed. Modern-day football isn't like that anymore. So he had to be pragmatic and he had to change. And to be fair, as Johnny says, he did change. And he changed for the final in that he was very pragmatic. He made sure that he set up his team right. And, and you know, he mightn't like it, but, um, you know, that's the way it has to be done. James Horn spoke, I suppose, had to do the same thing when he took over as Mayo. And again, he's come in as a second tenure. It's very much a continuation of what was there before under Rochford. So... You know, I see, I see Mayo as real contenders. Um, I think they will be Tip or Cork. I think they have have it in their artillery to beat them um, because of their experience, because of their defence. Durkin, um, you know, I suppose you've had players, Keegan and Boyle and Clark, all them guys to come back in. But Aidan O'Shea, of course, and Killian O'Connor, they still have enough firepower to get through a Cork Tip match. The, the, the real the real question is going to be in the final. Another final, can Mayo take the pressure of another final? Can they take it in December? And can they beat Dublin or Donegal? Because um, I, I just think it's, it's all set up for a Dublin-Donegal semi-final here. Um, and again, whoever comes through that match will be more than confident of beating Mayo, given given the history there. So um, I suppose if we carry on, um, it's Mayo's real opportunity to get to a final here. So, um, yeah, uh, Mayo have a, have a few questions still to answer, but then again, you know, they've, they've, they've had a lot of questions being asked of them for eight to ten years now. So, um, I think we, 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 we can't put too much confidence in, in Mayo's performance on any given Sunday. They could surprise you or they could let you down. So, uh, I don't think James Horn will know any, any different this evening. He'll not be any more, um, I would say, put at ease by their performance today, I'm sure. But it's about winning, maybe. Maybe it's just about winning the final. And Johnny, were you a bit surprised? Goyle didn't really put on the squeeze, but at some stage in the second half, they gave me all the ball. And you really felt like when they did go after them, I suppose you see the goal chance um, where Sean Kelly's nearly in. Like, were you surprised really that Goyle didn't put the squeeze on enough? Yeah, I, I think there was a, there was times where um, Galway coughed up easy possession, and against a team like Mayo, you're gonna you're gonna struggle. And I think that's where you know it goes back to the sharpness um, and not having a couple of games leading into into today's final. You know, um, where you know the, the speed speed of hand, the speed of foot, and decision making. So I think from that point of view, that's where you know they. They probably fell down on from that part, you know. And as you know, looking championship football, like a football, the team that makes the least amount of mistakes, particularly in winter football, you know, uh, generally comes out the winning side. Um, because and what you will find is, yeah, what I, and what I've looked at over the last few weeks is that a lot of these players haven't played uh, winter. Well, they obviously play winter football, but play league football. You know where there isn't much as 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 stake if you get me. Whereas it's championship football, first time it's been knockout for these guys, and it's their first time experiencing, it. and on a softer pitch, softer side in totally different conditions. So where you will see different kind of uh, mistakes and decision making, and you know fellas kind of you know kind of panicking on the ball. And and given some passes that uncharacteristically un wouldn't wouldn't be associated, you know, and that's what I find, you know, different w w over the last few weeks, the different kind of dynamic in terms of how to handle the pressure of knockout or handle the pressure of soft sod, winter football, uh, lashing rain, 
and you could see that there today. Like the, the, and that's the one thing. Winter football, uh, playing in it. We're lucky enough to play in a, good, a few uh, campaigns in my own club. You know, the team that makes the least amount of mistakes, not the, 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 the winning side, you know. And I suppose a decision that's um, talked about later on in this game, um, I suppose goal looked like the ringer for a goal. Um, Keith Higgins is on top of a goal player, Liam Silk, um, in the second half. Is it a poor decision by the referee there, do you think? Yeah, I, I thought I thought it was a poor decision. Um, I, I thought it wasn't a free out. That was a free in. Um, I think there was a cup. I have to say there was a couple of occasions for both teams where I felt the referee was was poor. Like there's tackling going on, but the, the hands are being left in, and you're seeing the the they're pulling the arm of either the, the either the hand is holding the ball or the hand is about to strike the ball with the hand pass and. I felt the referee let an, let an awful lot of that go today, whereas you know uh, other other referees w- would have pulled that up, and just felt it like and he was equally like he was equally poor for both at times. I felt, but that definitely was a free in rather than a free out. But um, but like you know you know yourself, you, you have to you have to roll with the punches, you know. And I suppose last day of the game, what's going to be talked about? Chamos in the form he was in, Danny. Um, 14-13, he works the sideline short. Do you think Shane Walsh made the wrong decision there and maybe should have went for the sideline with the breeze behind him? Um, good question. I, I, don't, I don't know, but do you know what? I think you have to give the benefit of the doubt to the player in that situation that, you know, with the experience that he has, with the class that he has, with, with knowing what he has in, in his own armoury, I would think that the, I would always contend, it's all right us looking retrospectively at things and us, you know, managers, coaches are all, you can't put, um, you can't put the retrospective stuff into the mind of a player. A player does what he feels is right and just at that time. And Walsh is experienced enough and long enough around to know exactly what to do in that situation. And he chose to take, you know, the decision that he done. So uh, I wouldn't, you know, them small wee things, yes, will dictate an outcome of the game but it's not just one isolated incident no there's a series of different misplaced passes balls that went astray men that aren't picked up you know opportunities not taken you add them up over the course of the game as Johnny was saying in winter football and particularly now in winter football the the least amount of mistakes that are made and going what's a down Calvin match down played the best that they've played in 10 years in the first half absolutely wonderful going in eight points up at half time and could have been invariably 18 points up at half time. And then the second half are making so many poor decisions. Um, with momentum going against them, they can't arrest that. They can't arrest them. Johnny would have been of games where you want to dictate, you want to stop the momentum of the other team. But it's 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 very difficult to do that. It's all right saying we can do it and, and thinking, why didn't you do this and why didn't you do that? But when momentum is against you, in any given day, in any game, it's very hard for any one player to, um, to I suppose, to, to, you know, to change the momentum that the team will have in any given step. And that goes in a play, in a in a move, in a score, or whatever else, you know. So um, I would always say the player in that situation, the player in, this, is, in that situation makes the call that he sees fit. And you've got to allow players at that level um, to... Uh, to make those decisions and I suppose again goes to sometimes a fundamental point that I have that players are nearly overcoached now where they're not allowed to think for themselves so we have to empower the players to make the decisions and then live by their decisions he felt that was the right decision at the time we had just had to live with it but it's not just that incident it's a series of other incidents that will have caused Galway um, or any team in fact so um, you would have to give him the benefit of the doubt in that situation that he knows what he's doing. And I suppose Mayo's running game, Johnny, is something often talked about, but different lads stepping up today. But you really have to say Matthew Ryan and Noel McLaughlin um, with runs there in um, the second half were immense. Um, really. But um, I suppose if we are to move on, Danny, um, the game you probably won't want to talk about. <laughs> but, uh, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> 114 to 113. Um, how bad does it feel? Terrible. Um, I, I haven't, to be fair, I haven't felt this disappointed in a long time. Um, 
I think it was a game, you know, if ever was a, a, a bit of a cliche, a game of two halves, this was a game of two halves. Um, and, you know, given last week's performance, you know, it wasn't perfect against Fermanagh, but it was a really good second half. And Down started the first half today like a team that was really up for the game, you know, knew what they were doing, went at Cavan, uh, really put them on the back foot, had destroyed Cavan all over the field for 35 minutes. Invariably, as I said, we're eight points up at half time, could have been 18 points up at half time with goal chances and, and points maybe they could have went over and they should have taken. And then Cavan showed huge character to come back from that when it looked completely dead and gone and allied to the fact that Down made so many basic errors and never took chances that they should have taken to keep the scoreboard ticking over when Calvin were in this and they ended up, they lost the game that uh, I scarcely believed they could lose at half-time genuinely. So um, it just shows you the beauty of this knockout football, it shows you the beauty of the game that, that we play and we love. and. Uh, yeah, you have to give huge credit to Gavin, massive credit to him. 10 points up and you often hear the teams go to defensive. Was it a case of down going back and trying to protect this lead? Um, there was an element of that, yes. I could see how people could say that, that they retreated a wee bit and, and um, you know, I suppose were, were doing maybe things that they weren't doing in the first half. They were being a wee bit more conservative. However, uh, they had one or two fantastic opportunities to, you know, create another hand pass and they were in for a goal. Um, they had a fantastic chance that uh, Mooney run, made his, one of his trademark runs, left two or three people for dead, passed the ball inside, and there was two down players vying for the one possession. Um, I think it was Conor Poland dived. Uh, he felt what he was doing at the time was the right thing. He dived to pound the ball into that and pound it wide. And Paul Devlin was inside him as well. And all was a matter of Paul Devlin collected and kicking it to the net. So we things like that change the dynamic of a game and momentum. Um, and it was a massive, I still thought at times, Down could have went forward in the second half and scored a goal. Such was the dangerous players that they had on the field with the pace, the creating of the overlap run. Um, but they didn't take their they didn't take their goal chances in the second half, the two or three great goal chances, and they didn't take their points. They didn't keep the scoreboard ticking over. And as a result of that, Cavan were going up the field, scored a point, got a penalty, and the whole momentum changed. And as I said to you earlier on, I've been in games where you want to stop the momentum of that team, and unfortunately, you can't. Um, and again, we seen it last week where, you know, momentum was with, with, with Cork, and no matter what Kerry done, um, no matter, you know, good balls given away and, and stuff like that. Cork had a wee bit of momentum at the end and the carry paid the ultimate price. So, you know, the only the, the best couple of teams in the country at the minute are verbally doubling and only goal. And they can absorb, if a team does get a bit of a run on them, they, they have the experience and the, the ability to absorb that wee bit of uh, wee bit of pressure and then really punish that team on the counter-attack. So, um, you know... It's, it's, it's really sickening from a down perspective, but from a cabin perspective, uh, like Jesus, they, they are, um, you know, you have to give them their fair dues. They, you know, they're a team full of characters, good footballers, and that never say day attitude that you only have to admire. And like, yeah, Cavan's character has been something else this year. I suppose the Monaghan game is going to be talked about, but you'd have to say that was tactics that won them the game. Antrim game, things going against them, they win that game. But like, 10 points down, and like, Garrosh McKeon obviously carried them, but like, how did they actually do this 10 points down against Down? Because you're looking at Down here saying, well, Down 10 points up, a defensive expert in Paddy Talley, that how are they going to break this Down team down? But but they've done it like. Well, I tell you what, they took on um, a guy in the second half, uh, uh, number 19, Woody Pollum, his name, um, so he got three points, um, and the start had a lot of direct ball into him, and that caused down untold problems. Um, they got the goal out of a long ball in, and the keeper dropped it, and he was dispossessed, and then they got a penalty out of it. Um, McKernan started to win a lot of, I think, out of 12 kickouts in the second half, 
Calvin Montana, a lot of them clean. Uh, Gallagher was outstanding again. He played the whole match, but again, second half, to- uh, you know, totally dominated around the middle along with McKiernan. So, yet, um, uh, you know, I just feel that Calvin in the second half got to grips with with uh, Mooney. Had a couple of brilliant runs again, um, which which were very dangerous um, uh, from from a down attacking perspective. Um, and Jerome Johnson, who was having the game of his life in the first half, kicked five points, um, was outstanding um, in the second half, was well marshalled. You would have to argue that he was very well marshalled. And the subs then that Down took in didn't have the same impact as last week. Again, we talked about that during the week. It's OK taking subs on and having a fantastic um, lead there, which they had against Fermanagh to build on. It's when you come in and the game is in the melting pot and the momentum's against you. That's when your subs stand up um, and you see the true value of your bench. So again, Calvin's bench, where we, we would make the argument before the game down, had a stronger bench, more pace, more natural forwards. It was Calvin's substitutions that actually worked in Calvin's favour, and particularly the, the, the fellow that came in, at, uh, just his name. Hunter Madden. Yes, that's the guy. He came in at full forward and, and caused down huge amount of problems. Um, and he's definitely put his hand up for for a starting place in the Ulster final, you would have to think at full four. But again, it's a fundamentals, old school football. Uh, wet day, put the ball in round, full forward, high direct ball in, and that caused down a lot of problems. Um, so really disappointing from our from our perspective, uh, from a down perspective. But from a cabin, they're, they're just in dreamland at the minute. Um, and the, there's no easy way to win the cabin much in a minute. They, they're doing it the hard way. So... Uh, you know, but they will need it. They, they will. They will need all their character and all the strength and reserves that they've built up over this last number of weeks to try and beat this Donegal team. Do they have any chance? Um, do you know what, Calvin? Do they have any chance? I I actually felt that our man. I'm not gonna. My, my a good friend of mine. Uh, he's probably been my friend for 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 since I, since I remember. He texted me yesterday because I had. I, I plumped for Armagh um, against Donegal, given 2020. It was, wasn't based on logic. It was just based on, you know, it was a strange year. Maybe Donegal could be cupped. Um, but he, he told me I was to resign immediately from a column in the Irish News because I had went for Armagh. So um, do they have any chance? Um, listen, you know, no, I'm not going to write Calvin off. I think it would be totally unfair to me to write them off. But given the strength of this Donegal, say, given their... Um, their performance yesterday against an Armagh team, they barely laid a glove on them, might I add, um, didn't show the aggression that you would uh, you, that you would associate with the Cairn McGuinness team um, and with a team that are underdogs either, didn't show that aggression um, to uh, to win a championship match and, and Donegal just, just, you know, by half time the game is over. You know, you could argue... Yeah, but Donegal or Armagh kind of made a bit of a fist out of the second half. But, you know, for 15 minutes, Donegal reeled off six, seven, eight points. And uh, there was no comeback from Armagh. And, like, if we're just looking at Kevin, like, their spine has just been immense. McKeon and Martin Riley, he's been doing it for years. Here on Brady, centre-back, he's really putting in a performance of the week. Luke Fortune, the wing-back. Like, you'd have to just say one thing about this Kevin squad is that... With the players they lost, Mickey Graham has developed a very strong cabin panel. Well, we talked about it before the championship started. Uh, we talked about um, how Calvin had had a number of their marquee players that hadn't committed due to COVID, hadn't committed for whatever reason pre-COVID. Um, so, you know, it would have, you know, I, I would have seen those type of players that weren't available to them and you would automatically assume, is there something wrong in the camp there? Is there is there a reason why the players are not getting on with the management or something like that? Um, so you know that 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 theory is now out the window. Um, you can obviously say see there that that there's obviously nothing wrong with the 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 Calvin internal relationship there between players and management, um, and they all seem to be working um, brilliantly together in tandem with, with with one another, and that's shown in the results. So sometimes out of adversity. It can bring panels together, and that seems to be, be been the in the case in Calvin's uh, 
uh, Calvin this year, um, relegation, everything going against them, players not committing, and then they've turned around they're in the most of now. So, you know, it's it's a wonderful thing, momentum, and, um, you know, Calvin seemed to have it, and, uh, you know, and deservedly, uh, those players, McKiernan, Galligan, um, Riley, all them guys, uh, you have to say that they're, they're performing exceptionally. In the first half, in what may I add, in the first half, you wouldn't have thought that. But in the second half, to turn around and do what they did, um, you know, it was, it was phenomenal. It's phenomenal effort. And Johnny, we know Donegal are unbelievable when they play, but like, they were very good yesterday, but you'd have to say it was pathetic from Irma. Yeah, look, um, I watched it and I, I was like, you know, I don't know, tactically, you know, like they gave a lot of the kickouts to pattern, you know, uh, made it, make, made it easier times it felt for, for Galway. And, you know, um, like they just, have, I felt our man invited Donegal onto him far too much. Do you know what I mean? I just felt, you know, I know, I know Donegal are probably a bigger side, but like, you know, regardless of the size, I just like, you know, it's not about the, it's about the, the fight and the dog. Do you know what I mean? Rather than just conceding soft possession and allowing them to build from the back end, you know, Donegal are, are, are masters of that in fairness over the last how many years in relation to building from the back and deep runners and having lads coming off the shoulder and then having the forwards to play the, the like good ball in who are natural ball winners inside, you know, and I just for, for I just couldn't understand why, you know, they you know, they had no second bite of the cherry, you know, why didn't they just try and flood and try and flood the area, like, you know, read it, read a kick out. I just felt, I, I don't know, I just, I, I felt they got it wrong. Um, and like, in fairness, Geezer hasn't, hasn't got much wrong this season in relation to getting them promoted back to Division 1, but I just felt yesterday just they went about the whole, the, the game wrong, in my opinion, yeah. you know. Do you see, Johnny, when you say, you know, we got them back to Division 1, I totally agree. You see, Kim McGinney, I rate as our top guy. This guy, really good, really uh, focused, driven individual. But even he now will be questioning, sort of questioning himself and questioning where these players... And sometimes you have to question the players. Not Obviously, he's not going to do it in public because he's not that type of person. He'll be very loyal. But sometimes you have to question the players here. Do they actually... Do these guys have it? Um, and Armagh, fundamentally, this last number of years under Kieran. Kieran has done everything. I, I know Kieran has done everything to put a, 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 the standards in place that it's required to win games, win championship matches. And unfortunately, sometimes you got to make the make the call that sometimes they're just not good enough. Um, and in this case, Armagh just aren't good enough. Um, and fundamentally, Armagh will let you down. They let you down defensively. And you know, as I go, always go back to the fundamentals of the game. If you don't have the aggression, as Johnny said, when you go into a championship match and you're not willing to clatter somebody, if you're not willing to be aggressive either on the front foot or back foot then you've got a serious problem, especially in a knockout competition. Like, you know, when when we look at the Ireland-England match the other night, you know, you look at a player such as Jack Grealish, for example. Do you think Roy Keane in his heyday would allow Jack Grealish to hit nice wee ones, twos and stuff like that and, and allow him in the first five or ten minutes to influence that match? It wouldn't have happened. And, and this, is, this is the fundamentals of sport and Gaelic football. If you're not prepared to go to war, and Armagh weren't prepared to go to war against Donegal, then how do you expect to win a championship match? And that, and that for me, was the most disappointing aspect. I've, my mother's from Carrick Cup, and Armagh woman and all the rest of it, and it's great banter, you know, the, the down Armagh rivalry over the years and stuff, and I love beating Armagh. But the one thing that I did realise when you played against those great Armagh teams of the of the, of the noughties, and Johnny would have come up against them too, is they had characters all over the field that were willing to go to war. And unfortunately, yesterday, Armagh didn't. They had the O'Neills at, at, at times that maybe carried a bit of fight and stuff, but there aren't enough of them. Um, and boys that are willing... And it's all right, you can stand over it. I think there was an iconic photo going yeah. doing the rounds on social media. You can stand... Four or five boys can stand over Mikey Murphy and shout and roar and all the rest of it. But when it comes to leadership and character, Mickey Murphy is on a different planet than them guys. Um, so I think, you know... 
there's the, uh, you can be seen to do the right thing or you can actually do the right thing. And for me, Armagh, we're maybe seen, maybe, I don't know. I, I would just judge him very harshly on yesterday because I actually thought that they let themselves down and they let McGinney down, who's put a lot of work in there. So um, I think there'll be a lot of soul searching over the winter, um, not only from Kieran himself, but from the players. And that photo you talk about, Danny, um, I'll go to you about it, Johnny, but there's a lot of harsh criticism coming in about that photo, but like when you're watching most games, it nearly happens in every game. Yeah, listen, look, for me, if, if I'd rather the lads spend their energy on seeing where they're bleeding, where, 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 the, sense of, where the danger is, if you get me, so rather than roaring in someone's ear or, you know, I think it's just, I think it's, a, I think it's, you know, I think it's, I think it's a, it's a cop out, you know, um, it's windy, you know, like, you know, listen, we've all, listen, we've all been guilty of, you know, doing it, but like, just, like for me, like, I was trying to explain, explain to players, like, I think Johnny's gone there. And, <laughs> but, yeah, as you're saying, Armagh let Zagini down, obviously, Danny, but you can't play a team of Donegal's calibre and show them respect. You can't. You, you can't. You can't um, and there's one thing, there's one thing, you know, I, I, I respect... I respect all players and what they're doing at the moment, but COVID and all the rest of it. And I respect any opponent going on to the field. Um, but I respect myself more in, in, in what I bring to the game and what I bring to the, the competition. And fundamentally, I suppose, you know, the way I've looked at competition, I'd be, I suppose, if I, I was playing a table tennis match or a tennis game, I'd want to win it. I'm a very, very bad loser. Um, I probably don't deal with losing very well. Um, so from those fundamentals, I, I believe that, that competition and sport and Gaelic football, I always approached it a bit like a war. Like, am I going to let my opposition man beat me? If he scores, that's my fault. And I take that very, very personally. Um, so I don't like I don't like being beat by anybody, um, training matches or whatever else. But I think uh, we can, you know, Cairns teams and the Armagh teams have been very, very well prepared over this last five or six years. Like Kieran's there now, six seasons, five years, or whatever, going into six season now. Um so they've been ultra prepared. They know what it takes. Um you couldn't want for a bigger leader or iconic figure managing your team. At some point it's it's day dog or shade the license. And for me was yesterday an opportunity to do that. It was and uh, did the stand up no. And I'm not saying you know, I've I've been part of down teams over the years that had similar problems. Um, you know, went into games and limped out. Um, and unfortunately, sometimes you got to turn around and say, Do you know what, aren't good enough. I'm not good enough. Um, defensively, not good enough. And all of the and and that was proved yesterday. Um, Donegal are good enough, and they're going to prove that. But would you say, like, you're mentioning McGinney there, but would you say it's their man's time for the players? Because we all know they have the players, Donneals, Jamie Clegg, Grugan, Campbell, Jerry Oak. Yeah. Yes, but, you know, I suppose you're, you're sometimes, maybe, you know, when I look back at my career, sometimes you always kind of remember the good matches that you played and you kind of blank out or black out the, the, the areas where you didn't play well on the games that you didn't perform and the times you didn't turn up. Um, not for any particular reason, not for want or aggression or anything like that. But sometimes we have a bit of a rosy um, uh, view of how good we all were uh, in the past. So in, in that way, it's it's very difficult for me to turn around and, and, and judge somebody on, on one game. But I suppose I'm judging Armagh on this last four or five years where you're nearly thinking that they're 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 gonna you know make a a real good um a real good fist of it and then they've they've let you down on every occasion. So yes, they've good players, but so you look at Donegal like like yesterday. How how good were some of the players? Like I didn't realise obviously uh, 
their number seven, uh, what do you call him? Adam Morgan. Who? Adam Morgan. Yeah, he got Morgan, he got the man of the match. Like, yesterday was a game, don't get me wrong, I noticed him before, I said he's a classy player, lovely left foot, mobile, has everything. But yesterday, he was outstanding, really outstanding yesterday. And Mickey Murphy, Mickey Murphy has been Donegal's, he's been Donegal's best ever player, I would think. Um, he'll go down as, as, as a pure legend. And he didn't have a massive influence on the game. He said Fokker um, played, played rightly on him, you know, matched him physically enough. Um, and, you know, but the, the players, Thompson, Langan, Jamie Brennan, Ryan McHugh, you know, all over the field, um, at midfield, they were phenomenally strong as well. Um, you know, you would have to say Owen Ban, uh, 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 Gallagher as well, fantastic. Um, and they're, you know, they're missing Paddy McBrady who came in and played well. He's an option. And then they're missing one of the one of the best Donegal players this last three or four years, Oren McNeilish, who hasn't committed. But if they had McNeilish there, Jesus, what a what a what a what asset he would be to Donegal as well. So, you know, you have to think that. You know, when you compare Armagh players to Donegal players, maybe sometimes at times you maybe think that you're maybe over overhyping maybe some of our players uh, at times and not giving the likes of Donegal their due respect or Galway or whatever else. So yes, Armagh has potential, but potential is only a word, you know. So. And Johnny, um, Donegal yesterday, they'd be one of the first teams that you've seen who constantly kept using the mark effectively. Yeah, um, what I find, like, well, in fairness, they have one of the best ball winners <laughs> in the country, you know, so, and they're being smart in their play, when, uh, what I find is, the, when they don't see that the first option is to move the ball, either quickly through the kick or, or carrying it with support runners, they identify the, the mark, you know, uh, at times where the diagonal ball or direct ball, and it gets them out of a situation, knowing that you have, like Jamar Burrity and Mickey Murphy in there, like you know, who are who are, who are massive ball winners. It takes a lot, a lot of pressure off you, you know, when you have that kind of go to. Particularly, like, there's not too many backs, you know, are going to contain Michael Murphy um, if the ball's given in properly, you know. So, um, you know, top teams will use us to to you know when they need to. Um, I think and smart teams, you know, uh, as well uh, in that sense that. They won't go out of their way to, to look for the mark, but when they need to, they'll they'll they they'll utilize when 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 it's on, they'll they'll take it. Do you know what I mean? If there's nothing else on, they'll work the mark. And you can see that with over the last few weeks, where where the you know some of the better players who are tuned in will will identify the mark situation. Johnny, John, John, you're spot on. It's no coincidence that the best teams in the country are some of the most intelligent players in the country as well, and they can utilise and they've adapted to the mark. And the mark is being used by Donegal because they're one of the best teams in the country. Same with Dublin. They'll, you know, Dublin players, Dublin Fort, they'll have the brilliant peripheral vision, um, they'll know who's around them, and they'll know when to take the mark and when not to because they are the best players in the country. And, you know, there's very, very little substitute for intelligent footballers, as Johnny said, you know, and the, the best teams will utilise the mark. I detest it. I totally detest the forward mark. Totally. I think it it, it t- adds nothing to our game. Not saying that Donegal, yes, they used it well, and they would have won anyway, mark or no mark. Um, but uh, sorry, Johnny, to cut across you. No, no, no. I agree. Listen, I, I agree with you. I, I hate it as well. Like, you're rewarding a guy for catching a bleeding ball. <laughs> you know, just, just, just don't, just don't get it. Like you know, and and you're like it's fundamental skills. For me, what it's 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 um, I think it's it takes away you know particularly the top teams and skillful players will be able to pick those passes. Like, but your coaching you now the like the instincts of to play the ball on. And what I find out what there's been a huge pattern over the last few weeks is that this this side wars and methodical kind of you know. Breaking teams down and keeping them away, and and like the top teams like Donegal and Dublin can do it very effectively because there's an end product, and everyone else is trying to you know copy the same model, but they're not. They haven't got the whether they haven't got the foot the footballers to implement it yet, or they're not able to execute it. But I just think you know when you see Dublin and Donegal move that or transition the ball, it's with purpose, it's with pace, it's with um a direct running. And they have a range of different ways of scoring, you know. Um, but yeah, look, I think 
I'm, I'm hoping that we don't we will see the other side of the mark. I just think it's no and no benefit to, to to the game, you know. Um, and rewarding people for for being able to kick a kick kick a pass or catch a ball and 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 this is everything now at the moment is instant in relation to social media videos and like there today I think it was a Kieran McDonald or something it was somebody took a video and kicking a ball over the bar. Like Kieran McDonald is retired, he's a selector with the Mayo team and says, oh what a player and uh, or you know. <laughs> he's a selector on the team. He kicked the ball over the bar from 45 meters and said, "Oh my God, he's a listen class act." But like, like this thing of you know, oh that's amazing. He's got the kicks. People are kicking the ball and they're catching it and sticking it over the bar. Like this, this is going on. We're, we're playing the game over a hundred years. Like so, there's <laughs> emphasis on, on oh he kicked it with the outside of his rug. It's, <laughs> it's amazing. Will you get over? Yeah, yeah. It's reinventing you know? the wheel, isn't it? Like, yeah, come here. It's like you're getting, you're getting praised for reinventing the wheel. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. The fundamental, fundamental, uh, uh, fundamental uh, rules of and and ways of the game haven't changed in all those times. If you can kick off both feet, if you can catch, if you can. You know, if you can run, if you can, those fundamentals haven't changed, and you know, people have get lost in tactics and the lovely buzzwords now about transition plays and all this kind of stuff. You know, and sometimes, you know, we we seen yesterday, you know, the raw skill of players such as Murky Murphy about Owen Ban and and Ryan McHugh, you know, boys that you know just have their skills in their in their back pocket and. Not probably are they overcoached? I don't know. They were coached really well. I suppose when Jimmy McGuinness came in, really well coached. And um, but I'm sure there the, there's a lot left to chance. And this is a thing. This is a thing you cannot teach. It's a game of chance and risk. And Down proved it today. Went full tongs at Cavan, but then again, when it come to the real mix of championship, uh, when it came to a draw, Cavan have that ability to go really deep. Uh, and go and get a win. And Down didn't have that experience. Um, and unfortunately, yeah, that's that's championship football. I think. Sorry for going across. I think the 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 Monaghan game for for Cavan was massive in today's performance. Mm. That they had gone to the well and they, they against one of the supposed top of six teams. And the fact that they kept going to the very end, I think that would have been a big factor for those guys there today. If they hadn't, if they hadn't got that win against Monaghan, obviously, look, they wouldn't be sitting. What I'm saying is, if, if they fast forward, if they had got, got beaten, you know, obviously they wouldn't be in it. What I'm saying in terms of the confidence and the know-how of of having a, a significant victory like that in your locker, you know, going into the last 15 minutes is is key, particularly against uh, you know a very young, talented. Uh, downside, you know, and 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 Danny Lewis yeah. earlier on, momentum is key. Like, I've been in games, I'm sure Danny as well, where you have we would have been playing very well in the first half and dominated the team, and the second half, then you know, the, the you can't just flick flick it on and off like a switch, and you get the team gets a run on you. Nothing is working. Lads are trying too hard, and they're coughing up city ball. They're forcing the pass instead of keeping it very simple. And like, there's not too many teams that when a team gets running like that, it's very hard to stop. You know, and you can have all the things where your fellas going down as if they're shot and holding their head and stuff. Like when a team has a momentum, it's very very hard to stop. It's very, very hard to stop. And I know, like even there would be a bit of internal chatter and and, and down about how they lost the game. They were eight to ten points up, and and uh, you know. A lot of people, when they when they when they don't understand, uh, I suppose, championship football and how momentum, you know, these aren't average players. You're dealing with the cream players in every county at that level, um, and momentum is an unbelievable thing. Um, and you know, I suppose, Cavan, I would have thought six weeks on the trot now, you know, obviously hard ground, wet conditions, you know, surely I would have been thinking down for a lot fresher, a lot of pace in their squad. They would have had enough to get us over the line today, and Kevin just keep keep surprising me week in week out. And I kind of I'm starting to think that it makes a mockery of our, our you know, the training regimes that are now starting October, and November, and um, for preparation uh, in the past for you know January, February national leagues and then championship. I'm thinking to myself, you know, maybe maybe it's not maybe 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 games now should be week in week out or. That's the most important thing, not overtraining guys and not uh, preparing them to levels. And Johnny, you you you've been in county scenarios and county setups now with your managing and coaching. And you know, this is probably overemphasis on strength and conditioning and stuff like that. When again it comes down to probably 
on the field and making decisions and kicking points and you know the basics. Um, yeah. So um, it just for me this year's proves that you don't need a huge lead-in time of months and months and months to prepare a team. All you need is a bit of a bit of football, a bit of football on the field with A B championship matches and 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 get making sure boys recreate you know conditions where decision making is is going to be the key you know so um i suppose that's by the way and dublin uh very comfortable again today 223 to seven points um i suppose johnny how good were dublin but how poor relief i uh, look um it was a bit of both you know dublin i look dublin were kind of you always felt they were playing in second or third gear. Um, you know, uh, you know where there was those lads are fairly high. Look, they're, they're highly conditioned and they're they're, they're so they, they know the game inside out. They know every they, every asset of the game. And you know, you're coming with leash then coming up um, after playing on on a kind of a softer side and coming onto Crow Park where it was a harder side and. You know the game plays a lot faster in Croker, you know, because and and those Dublin lads will be used to that. And you know maybe the first the, the emphasis on the first fifteen minutes where Leash were kind of told to tell them, and then it was just then Dublin just decided to well enough's enough here. We're gonna just, we're gonna go push forward with this, and you know and when you've got Kenneth Kenny kicking one four, you know, and Noel Noel uh, Scully, oh my god again, I don't believe it. No. Can you hear me there, lads. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I didn't. Someone on my internet. Sorry, I don't know what the stories are. Anyway, um, but I just think the, you know, Noel Scully then as well, um, and then Costello comes on and kicks. It was a seven points or something. So yeah. it's just the, I think it's just the the fact of the matter is they 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 can they can go through the transition and phases so quickly, and and they can hurt you so so well. And I just think maybe, look, well, these are division uh, is a two already. Um, yeah. So like the end, you did well to stay in Division Two. So like for me, it's look you see the golf of class. But but what I was surprised that you know, uh, the level of the work rate with Dublin again was impressive. You know, um, like you've seen uh, Kenny coming back. You know, um, what's his name in full? Uh, Conor Callahan was dropping back. You know, getting in the tackles. But watch how they're tackling. Yeah, what what's what's really impressed me uh, with them. Is how they're getting the ball back higher up the field, but also how they're how they work rate. They're not lunging in, they're setting up these traps, and they're you know and they're, and they're suffocating teams, you know. And I think there's there's a, like there's a method in how they're going back, getting the ball back, and uh, you know, and putting pressure on on the ball, you know. You see, uh, Dublin. Uh, well, you know, when when I talk about the when I see the Leinster Championship on on Dublin, I just think that uh, it always reminds me of of Bill Shankly's. Uh, famous quote: "I'm a big Liverpool man." Bill Shanks that Liverpool has the two best teams in Britain, uh, Liverpool and Liverpool reserves, and that's what I would see with the Leinster Championship. Like Dublin have the two best teams in Leinster, is the Dublin team, and then the the B team with the second team, and then house games that Dublin must must have. But Johnny, you see those traps that they do set. Is is that coached, or is that the players using their own initiative and experience? Yeah, no, it's it's been coached and the lads gain experience, you know, because there's different. You can see where they're kind of, they don't never lunge in. If you watch where they don't, they don't lunge in. They get a little bit closer. And what and what you find is it's good coaching, obviously, with the players and as well, knowing what works, and what doesn't work. And you know, I would always would tell my players, you know, if uh, particularly your forwards or your half forward, half forwards when they're tackling defenders, you know, there's no don't be going in. You know, straight after they've just hopped or solo the ball, wait till they're going to solo the ball, and that's when you kind of get the engagement, close the gap, read it, you know, and and you know, and getting them to kind of not use the sideline as an extra defender, you know, and and you will see that with Dublin where they try and yeah. force you down the channel, and that you either go back backwards to the goalkeeper or back to a pair behind you, you know, and across, and they just shift across, you know, and. Look, it comes down to look. They've been coached by by some of the best coaches, obviously around, and and uh, you know Mark Ingle was involved in, 
you know, one of Jim Gavin, who's a basketball coach, where, you know, uh, in terms of, you know, the defensive work and setting up has traps. That, has that changed since the change of manager? Is Desi taking on his own team, or is it the same? Oh, no, like Desi, Desi has his own, as a few, yeah, has his own, as in, he's Mick Gavin, and um, he's um, one or two others. Uh, Darren Daly is, is involved now as well. He recently retired. So, yeah, Desi has his own group in. But, um, but look, as you said there, those lads are highly experienced. Um, and, uh and the thing is, the standard of the group, and you know, knowing the lads is player driven. Um, and there's one thing that you have, or that, that that you always need, in my opinion, in successful teams. When you have a team who are player driven, and all you're doing then coming in as a coach manager, just facilitating it, and you know, they set their standards, they set their bar, and and they're doing the policing in relation to the standard of the training session, the standard of the match, you know, and, and they're calling each other out. Now, when you have that kind of level of, of, of leadership, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's your, your job is a lot, an awful lot easier as a coach and as a manager. And yeah, as the, you, culture, the, the, the culture that appears to be the case in Dublin and has been since Pat Gilroy, I suppose, was been the big game changer there. When Pat, Pat, but the culture, and it didn't take that much to, at that time. Well, I suppose it was maybe big for Dublin at the time, but it, you know, from looking in on it, um, Dublin, it was about the ruth. It wasn't the ability. The ability was always there. It's the ruthlessness of when they were on top, just absolutely sticking to the game plan and boys being totally selfless. But I think that Do- Dublin have totally torn up, um, torn up the the, the book and, and how to dominate teams and how to. As obviously, I, I seen them using the sideline as another defender to, to send them one direction and then trapping them. I think a lot of our teams are looking at the Dublin. I think a lot of our teams, well, if they're not, they should be certainly looking at how Dublin are coached. Not only yes, the the abilities are there, but how the coach Kian Kikiani being the perfect example of that. Kian Kikiani for me is a guy that just keeps the ball moving all the time. Is massively influential for Dublin. I'd say he's, you know, if, if not the most influential, he's, he's certainly in the top one or two, uh, three players there that dictate how Dublin play. And I think Mayo in the past, when they have come close to Dublin, have, you know, I suppose, tied Kilkenny down. And that would be that would be the thing. If you can tie Kilkenny down and Fenton down, it's, I suppose, those are players. And they've always answered that, to be fair. Dublin have always had Conor Kelvin stood up or Mannion stood up. And, and other players such as that. So it'll be interesting to see um, if if when they meet better teams, will uh, you know uh, will Donegal or will Dublin be able to tie down their key players like that? So I suppose we'll only know that really in the semi final. I can't see me doing it, um, but we'll only see that really in the semi final. And Johnny, what about the noisy neighbours meet um, five yeah. today um, against Killeigh? Um, they were ten four down, but score five goals and to beat Kildare by nine points, it's progress for me. Anyways, uh, look, listen, I, I'm living in Maids. My national year last was a sixteen years. So, um, I <laughs> uh, listen, look, mate, I think it's great. Uh, you know, in, in the sense of you know, uh, you know, you're hoping that they will come enough and and cause Dublin problems. Uh, you know, I think Leinster needed. Uh, you know, I know when I was playing. There was four or five teams that could beat you on any given day, you know. And um, but look, there's what what he has. He's a few young lads has come in and have done well, and and they're a bit of breath, bit of fresh air. Like what I what I what I enjoy today. Well, not really enjoy watching me now, but what what I, what I, what, I, what I liked was the fact of the matter is they went for the juggler, and Danny alluded to Monaghan a couple of weeks ago with the fist of the points over the bar today. They had a when they got the ball and they had seen an opportunity, they went and they drove at it, and that's where you, that's where you, you the difference in relation to the killer instinct of of forwards, and those you can see they, were, they had an, an objective when they turned, you knew that they were going for goal, and that and that's for me, is is it's coached but also belief in, and empower your players to say. If the opportunity arrives, I want you to go, and that's what they did today. And 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 I'm sure uh, Kildare won't, won't be happy with shifting five goals. Like the shift five goals in, uh, in the second half, it was it was all in the second half. Five goals, really, right? Yeah. yeah, like that's that's put in my opinion. You know, you only be looking, you know, asking questions of you know out the field or what's going on there. And for me, I think the the killer instinct and, and I'm going for the juggler. And I think what what will happen is that will give them belief today. 
and they will go at Dublin the next day. They will run at them. And like you know, the bit of change that that Leash got today in the first ten minutes, the only bit of positive I could say from it was the fact that when they when they did actually run at Dublin, they caused a couple of more problems. Whereas you know, Andy McIntyre now being the made man that he is, he'll tell the lads to go and run at Dublin and ask questions of them on the back foot. You know what I mean? And then like you know, like I suppose being involved with, with, in club championship with, with Croaks and that. Like when we when we're playing in club, like there's no real not there's there's no fear factor in relation to the Dublin players playing with their own clubs. Like Dublin club football, you know, fellas are asking questions of the county players the whole time. Like oh, oh you're going into Mark, um, you know, John Small. You know, I'll be telling my players if you're going in John Small, well when you get the ball, take him on. Do you know what I mean? So from that point of view I'd say Andy will will I will if, look if I'm over maids, I'm there like that. Okay, well let's 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 run let's run at them and let's ask questions of them. Let's take them on one on one. You know, create the overlap early. You know, force them on the back foot and you know they were a game confidence laying and getting those five goals. You know, I'd say Dublin will 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 uh, will do their homework. You know, because the one thing that Dublin will not want is to lose. They're going for the six in a row to me. So in the length of final, so. But yeah, look, I was impressed with how they went after the goals. Like you know, um, no, it was poor defending, but they still still got them though, you know. And um, Danny, I don't know if you hear Jack O'Connor's comments after the game. He said, "This killer their team aren't ready to make a step up to the next level." Yeah, well, uh, you know, Jack is a very straight shooter. Um, he's very very straight shooter. Do, do you know what? There's merit in, in taking away the bullshit. You know, you could come out and say, yeah, well, you know, you can make excuses all you want. Um, and to be fair to Jack O'Connor, Jack O'Connor's won all Ireland. So you're not dealing with a novice manager. Uh, he's a well-respected man. So do you know what? You have to admire Jack O'Connor for saying, you know, any team at inter-county level, if you're shifting five goals, you can only look to the sideline so many times. You know, players... You know, we give far, far too much credit to managers when teams win games, and we give managers far, far too much criticism on the other side when they lose games. So Jack O'Connor's probably turning around saying himself, you know, despite all the 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 expertise that he can take and, and a good manager that he is too, all Ironman experience, again we'll go back to the fundamentals. A defender needs to defend. If your man's getting in on you and scoring goals or taking the ball around you, I haven't seen the goals, so there's no point in me in in saying that, you know, I would need to see them, but I'm pretty sure you could you could nab maybe three or four mistakes in each goal. So, you know, Jack O'Connor, to be fair, has waded through all the bullshit and has said to himself, it's not good enough. And it isn't good enough at that level. If you're shipping five, five goals in 35 minutes, you have a serious problem. And the players should take note of what he said. Because if they don't, if they don't, what are they doing? What are Kildare doing? Taking a man such as Jack Connor up the road from Kerry to manage them and to try and put places. If they're not willing to look at themselves, players need to look at themselves. And I again goes back to the Armagh point I made about Armagh. They are they playing for the jersey? They're playing for their manager. that shows a lot of faith in them. You gotta at the, at some point cut all the shit out and say right. At what point are we gonna go down to the fundamental of personal responsibility to the players and again managers can do and, and Johnny's been in that situation as a, as a county manager these boys are the cream of the crop in their own county so you should empower them to make those decisions but when you do that you expect them to make the right ones and to perform for you and if that's lacking five goals and a half Jack O'Connor in my mind would be 100% right and I think a lot of the Kildare fans would be turned around and saying absolutely right so, um, as far as Lance are concerned, yes, it, w- it was a bad day for Kildare, a great day for Meath. But Dublin need a strong Leinster. They need a strong Meath to now start testing them. Because at some point, uh, you know, Dublin are fantastic and they're the best team in the country. And they've probably go down as the best all-time great team. And they will do that and they've deserved that. But in the long run, um, as long as Leinster's so weak around them, that does Dublin no favours. Dublin would rather be tested week in and week out in Leinster, I would suspect, rather than going through that uh, debacle today where it's a turkey shoot. So Johnny might 
I would say Johnny probably agrees he would want to be tested because at some point you get soft if you're not tested. Um, and it's happened to heavyweight boxers and soccer teams down the years. And you need to be tested and you need to be tested every week. But again, that shows you how good the Dublin culture is. Week in, week out in their training games, I'm sure there's boys vying for positions on the first 15 and on the panel. And um, I suppose that's what's making Dublin so good and so sharp this last number of years is because the internal competition is so fierce that when it comes to Donegal or Mayo or Kerry or whatever else, they're, they're able to perform, which is, again, another luxury that Dublin have that probably all teams in the country don't. I suppose if we're just to get into your team of the week, um, I was to pick one to nine. So um, I went with Sean Patton and goes, his kickouts just tore him uh, shreds. Um, number two, I had to get a guy man in. Uh, so Sean Kelly, uh, he's on Aidan O'Shea, made some great runs. Um, Chris Barrett, a fullback, really sure of my own defence. Four, Owen Bong Gallagher, uh, just as well in front of defence. Five, Padder Morgan, received man of the match. Six, Kevin Mann, uh, Kieran Brady, um, in the team of the week for the second week in a row, very consistent. Seven, Matthew Costello, still under 20, scored 1 1 today. And eight, Brian Fenton, four points, just proving his class again. And nine, Matthew Ryan, who just had a huge game in midfield for Mayo. And want you for the forwards, uh, John. Yeah, look, I went for um, Kenny O'Sullivan. For me, I thought he was um, electric today. You know, he's he's so fast, um, caused Calera and Tall problems every time. Um, I went with Kieran Kenny, average performance one four today. You know, so um, and I thought, look, he was very good today. Um, Paul Noel's goalie was good today. Um, he was an on and off lot of ball today. Um, kicked three points as well. Um, I went with Tommy Conway, three points. Tommy Conway in, in corner forward for for Mayo, um, and then Shane Walsh full forward class today, and then uh, Johnson Jerome Johnson chipped in with six points today. So yeah, that's the six forwards for me. Really well, um, some interesting action um, over the weekend, but that's all. And our review of action. Thanks, million for your time, lads.